0: Log Talk Radio.
1: Talk Radio Nation, welcome back, and you are tuned into the cutting room floor. I am Lavar, and as usual, you can catch every show that we do on Twitter as we give you updates. Of course, that's at NewsCometBTR or on our official website at com forward slash fan page. And for the last 38 shows, we've done a little bit more. This is actually show number, I think, 66 on uh, all of our cutting room floors. We started the show a little bit over a year and a half ago. And I was lucky enough, 38 shows ago, or counting back to about, I think, November 4th of last year, uh, when my dear friend said that she would come on the show. And at that time, she did not know how long she would actually do this. We joked that that we would chain her up and keep her here week to week And obviously they're strong chains, she could not break them, and today she actually sets a very distinctive record, because on this day, her 39th show, she has now become my longest serving co-host. And so, without further ado, I introduce (laughs) the wonderful Mary. How are you today?
0: I'm fine. That makes me sound so old. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no it's
1: not old 39 is young 39 no, thirty-nine shows is actually pretty young if you took into account that I have done over 150 shows on Bond Talk Radio since we started coming up I think November will be two years 150 shows to hang with me for at least 39 of those shows and counting <laughs> and she doesn't get paid for this she does this on her own time and we have no budget, <laughs> and I am appreciative. <laughs> and I am appreciative of her being here every week to at least have a sounding board, and not to bore you and have me sounding uh, boring as I do every week. But she is a saint, and I cannot say enough how much I value her. Not only being a friend, but being here for 39 shows and counting. So thank you so much.
0: You're welcome. Any time. No. No. I need my paycheck now. <laughs>
1: uh next week. Next week. Uh, <laughs> I don't know when I get the long... fifty shows,
0: that's when I get my bonus.
1: Yeah, that's that's when you get the uh the two dollar gold watch from Walmart.
0: Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was thinking I was gonna get a plastic ring for a
1: <laughs> speaking of long time, well not that much of a long time. Uh, This week, next week, uh, a lot of students will be starting school, and so will some of the high schoolers, college students who will make up the class of 2016. But more so, the focus is on high schoolers, because for a lot, I'm sorry, college freshmen, not high schoolers, that's even worse, but for college (laughs) freshmen, Every year, Beloit College puts out their mindset list for the class of 2016. And every year, I'm pretty sure I can uh, speak for my co host that it makes you feel a little old because there are references on there in which there are things that we remember and things that you, the listening audience, might remember, but these college freshmen don't. And among that mindset list, uh, like I said, it's a compilation to remind teachers that college freshmen who were born mostly in 94 See the world in a lot more of a different way, and a lot of them don't remember when suitcases had to be carried instead of rolled. They don't remember an airplane ticket uh, was a booklet of pages separated by carbon paper. They don't remember when Lou Gehrig held the major league record for consecutive games played. They never lived in a world where Coke Cobain was alive or an NFL team played its home games in Los Angeles. And this class has no need for radios, watches television everywhere except on actual TV sets, and they are addicted to the, quote, electronic narcotics that is around in this world today. Now, you've taken a look at this list. hmm <laughs> And upon first seeing this, what were you more disturbed by at that point that seemed like something that was simple but yet now is not?
0: The all of it really i mean uh i remember back when it was a big deal that a woman held a position of power in the cabinet um i remember and that was huge and just little things like that and then it made me think of because i have a daughter made me think of what she doesn't know what she doesn't what she will never grow up with that she will only discover through history classes and through me saying i'm an 80s kid you're going to learn about my generation (laughs) um my poor child. Um, but yeah, it, wow. Little things, you know, like these kids never—they saw the Challenger. Um, not the Challenger crash. One of my fact ta- when the Challenger blew up. They see that in their history books.
1: Mm-hmm. In their
0: history books. I remember watching it on TV, you know, it on a rolling stand <laughs> that you plugged in and that the teacher was all excited because they got the TV from the AV department. That's insane.
1: Yeah, you know? and, and, and the thing is, I'm not going to name everything that was on that list. If you want to name, uh, if you want to look at the list, you can go to beloit.edu forward slash mindset forward slash 2016. And like Mary was talking about, Uh, there are things on this list, some things I won't name, some of it doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. But like this one, like on TV and in films, the ditzy, dumb, blonde female generally has been replaced by a couple of dumb and dumber males, which is true. Mm -hmm. You know, from the dude, where's my car, the dumb and dumber, to, you know, uh, I wouldn't call them dumb and dumber type males, but, you know, Harold and Kumar, you know, just a bunch of that stuff like that. You know, back in the day, you look at 70s TV, it was always, what, the ditzy blonde. Mm Mm-hmm. That's no longer around Uh, You were right about the women's job In the State Department And then on this one uh, The paradox too big to fail Has been for their generation Quote What we uh, had to We had to destroy the village In order to save it Was for their grandparents You know Not listening to an actual radio Instead of having MP3s and iPods Uh, And then I think there was another one on here Oh uh, The Their folks uh, have never gazed with pride on a new set of bound encyclopedias on the bookshelf.
0: Oh, God, encyclopedias. Yeah. My daughter can't even spell encyclopedia.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And exposed bra straps have always been a fashion statement, not a wardrobe malfunction to be corrected quietly by well-meaning friends. You know? Uh, they have lived in an era of instant stardom and self-proclaimed celebrities famous for being famous. Uh, having made the acquaintance of a Furby at an early age, they have expected their toy friends to do ever more unpredictable things. Um, outdated icons with images of floppy disk for save, a telephone for phone, and a snail mail envelope for mail have oddly decorated their tablets and smartphone screens. Star Wars has always been just a film, not a defense strategy. There's yeah. always been blue m and m s but no tan ones um uh, <laughs> uh, and then, um, according to them, uh, also on this list, I think there was something too about uh Bill Clinton now being a senior statesman. A lot of these kids were about two years old when he first took office, you know.
0: There's there's a lot of things. There's a lot of things. Like, I remember saying to my daughter, there was a time when I didn't pay for TV. <laughs> oh, my God. When you actually left the house and couldn't call anybody. Even better, if somebody called you and you were on the phone, you didn't get voicemail, oh, no, you got that horrible me, me, me signal that now turned into an alarm clock. I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah, it's those things. <laughs> they date you in a way. I'm glad that they put it out there because it is. It, it reminds you of what people don't have. Like, they didn't have that. I'm not saying that they don't know about it. And a lot of the parents are doing a really good job of reminding them of it. But And, and stuff that's in the history books, but it's stuff that I grew up on. You know, Morgan, my daughter, will never know um, September 11th like I do. Mm-hmm. Um, September 11th to me is the Kennedy assassination to my parents. Mm-hmm. Where she doesn't have that she was not around so to her it's a history thing to her september 11th will be what the kennedy assassination was for me or elvis's death things that i just go okay elvis died Ooh, it wasn't that big a deal but yeah it reminds you of the generation and the passing of time it really is an interesting list
1: yeah, it, it it every year I think, you know, you take pause because I, I want to go, I, I think I probably want to go back now to probably the, the, I'd love to see what a 2000 mindset list would have been because I was like, you know, the things that we didn't know because I'm in the class of 2000, but it, it, it's, you know, what we didn't know as compared to, you know, what our parents do then. And, and of course, there's a lot of things. Of course, we grew up in an age in which, uh, you know, uh, the hostage crisis and that happened pretty much around the time that we were a year or two or three um, and other things that we weren't aware of you know I hear from my older brother and sister about those things and you're like oh, okay And now that we can see it on YouTube you know
0: <laughs> what exactly
1: right. it was like back then yeah it's a very amazing list that they put out every year and uh, once again it makes you feel old <laughs> <laughs> speaking of well yeah speaking of well Speaking of feeling something, do you have? Do you ever have a fear that you aren't living life to the fullest, or do you? Secretly, I don't. <laughs> yeah. Or do you secretly worry that others are having more meaningful and exciting experiences?
0: Always. Are you kidding me?
1: I want well, to know
0: how
1: the other half lives. Yeah, yeah, me too. It, it, it says in this thing, and it is a very interesting article that came out in the Chicago Sun Times a couple of weeks ago from Dr. Laura Berman. Uh, uh, great uh, psychologist, but she said that if you have those feelings, you aren't alone. Many people now suffer from what experts are calling fear of missing out. And while the fear of missing out on things isn't exactly new, it appears to be a phenomenon that is worsening due to social media sites such as Facebook and Twitter. People receive constant updates from everyone, from their best friend to their favorite celebrity, to high school me and sometimes those statuses and tweets can lead to feelings of inadequacy and envy. And she says that whether it's the twinge of insecurity you feel that, uh, when you see your friend has lost 20 pounds or the rush of jealousy you feel uh, when you see that your brother-in-law got a new Porsche, social media can often add to feelings of inadequacy. And additionally, those constant updates mean that you always know where your friends are and what they're doing and what can sometimes be something as mundane as getting a filling at the dentist. People tend to focus on the glamorous side of life. You know, when people say, the, hey, I'm going to the, you know baseball game or I'm going to do this tonight And while she said that reading statuses such as those don't necessarily have to lead to personal insecurity, uh, if you're already feeling down or having a bad day, logging logging into those sites can heighten those feelings. And she says, realize that things aren't always as perfect as it seems. Uh, She has a lot of great other things here, such as taking a vacation from Facebook, make a list of anti-FOMO goals, as she calls them, and stick with them, and not taking it too seriously. After reading this article... Did it kind of bring back anything from what you've seen on friends' pages? And do you agree with Dr. Berman's uh, hints and tips as to how to avoid that?
0: I don't know about avoidance. That's the problem. I I think everybody is so tied into the social media networks now that it's like, wait, you don't have a Twitter page? You don't have Facebook? What? what?" You know, it's like everybody has to have one. Mm -hmm. And... If you don't, somehow you're a leper. <laughs> I <don't know. laughs> but I I took a vacation. I took a vacation from Facebook and um, long before the article. Actually, I want to say it was about a week before the article, wasn't it?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And um, I took a vacation from Facebook. I've, I've taken a vacation and it's taken like two or three weeks before people are like, hey, wait a sec, you you're not on Facebook anymore? It's like, whoa, calm down. You obviously still talk to me, so I'm still alive. Just because I'm not updating my page doesn't mean that I, did like, all of a sudden fell off the face of the earth, you know. You don't have to see a picture of my daughter's first day of school. You don't have to see these things. I don't need to know that you went and finally moved into the new apartment that you're all excited about. Um, it just, I think that tie-in, and that goes back to the whole generational thing, that tie-in is so, is so hardwired into people that it's amazing how people can survive without it. You know, um, I know that there are people that go out and get phones specifically so that they can make sure that they can connect through either Facebook or Twitter or whatever else is out there. What is it? There's so many other ones. Um, but that's it, you know. It's like, okay. I'm glad I took a vacation. It does remind you. It does ground you a little bit. Um, really good ideas for um Sidetracking tracking that FOMO, as she calls it. Uh, <laughs> but I think everybody has that, and it's just more pronounced now because you can really see it on people's faces instead of hearing it through the grapevine like we used to.
1: Yeah, and like I said, just to kind of go into more detail... Uh you know, about not realizing things that they are are what they seem or taking a vacation, she says to actually make a pact with yourself not to log in for a couple of weeks and see how much better you feel and how much more productive you are without it. And then when you come back to it, you'll be likely to practice moderation and balance because you'll remember the fun of a Facebook-free day. And then that goal of the anti fomo goals and sticking with them. And she said that you'll be less likely to have a fear of missing out if you know that you're living your life in a positive way. So you know, for example, if you take care of your own health, it won't nag you. Uh, it won't nag at you so much when your coworker posts about hitting the gym, and uh, you know, not taking it seriously because the thing is, is that you know, uh, as she says, you know, if your friend is bragging about going down another dress size while your sister-in-law has accomplished at another potty training feat, realize that if this small annoyance is the worst part of your day, things are going pretty good. If it really bothers you that much, you can hide the statuses from your feed. Which is one thing that I always said is that. You know, Facebook, you can hide statuses. You don't necessarily, I mean, for those who like to put that out there, you don't necessarily have to see it. Or, matter of fact, just glance through it and keep on. There's a lot Even more. Even beyond that,
0: really, I'm not posting every single little thing that happens to me during the day. I'm always going to either post the most significant thing mm-hmm. or the most fun thing that I'm doing. Or you know what I'm saying It's always going to be either the most positive Or the most negative Whatever the case may be But um, I know that my friends have gotten on me about it I, I sometimes post cryptic things Just to see what people say Like the people that know me know what that means They yeah. know what it's about And the people that talk to me know what it's about But then other people That are part of my Facebook status Pages, whatever, if they even read it that Oh, okay and move on. And those little cryptic things kinda of keep me balanced in that I'm only posting what I wanna post and that might be of course I'm gonna say I'm gonna I bought a new Porsche. You know, I want you to be jealous at this point. I've got something that I know that not everybody has. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas that you have to keep that in mind. Like, of course they're posting that they got a Porsche or of course they're posting that they lost twenty pounds. They're not gonna tell you that they were, you know, 300 pounds of weight to start with, they're going to just say, I lost 20 pounds, you know, or whatever. Um, they're not going to say that they were airlifted out on or with a crane <laughs> out of their house and put on the O band surgery because of it. They're just going to go, Look, I lost 20 pounds. It's one of those things where you have to kind of put it into perspective and keeping yourself grounded in that way it is sometimes hard for the newer generations because they don't process it, you know.
1: Speaking of new and old generations, I have a question this week, and it's it's something that's kind of bothered me a little bit. Uh, A friend of mine has posted, speaking of Facebook postings, he put out a question this week that it actually made me think. Uh, She is uh, in her mid-30s, or close to it, or early 30s, and it was the simple sentence of a friendship ring, thoughts. Oh, I'm sorry, not friendship ring, a promise ring. Thoughts. And it was a topic that pretty much brought about a lot of discussion, a lot of differences depending on, I think, pretty much where those certain people were at in their own relationships. A good majority of the women who posted back, uh, one had said along the lines of a promise ring, yeah, if you're 16, Another one had said something along the lines of, uh, promise ring of what? If they have to give you a ring to promise something, chances are that they aren't going to be very honest in the relationship. Then another one thought it was sweet justice. Then a guy who was brave enough to write between all, all these women's postings thought that there was nothing wrong with it and that it could symbolize something towards the next step. So I'm going to ask the lone female here on the panel today um, (laughs) a very important question here because it is something that in the past I have thought about, and I'm going to be honest with you, i thought about doing myself. But now I am pretty much scrapping that idea after listening to that because then it made me think, okay, yeah, I know back then promise rings mean a lot, but what does it mean a lot now at the age of maybe 30 plus? So... If you were seeing someone for a while and they gave you a promise ring, your first thought would be?
0: You couldn't afford the actual ring? <clears throat> oh, That would be the i pr- <laughs> I'm so bad. Um, <laughs> but what if I'm old enough now and far, far enough into my life that I don't need a promise. I don't need a ring to symbolize anything. I don't even need the ring to symbolize an engagement um, because I'm so far into my life. Now, when you yeah, ask 17, 18, early 20s, college, yeah, that makes a difference. Um, but
1: it's... Well, I know you're thinking that, but now I'm going to play devil's advocate here.
0: hmm
1: Because if a guy were to give you a promise ring, hmm wouldn't that and in there? And I'm going to come out and say it. I know I'm going to get in trouble for what I'm going to say next. And you can write me on the website or whatever. But there are a lot of girls out there who come across, I'm not saying all girls, but there are those who come across as, I don't know what's the safe word I want to use here, uh, insecure. Mm-hmm. Insecure in their relationship, insecure in which they don't really know sometimes where it's headed. And even though they could be dating that person for a year and that person has done everything right, sometimes there's still that insecurity as to, okay, where is this eventually headed? But at the same time, they may not be ready for the big step. So say if you were dating someone for like seven or eight months, still it's a little bit early in the book sometimes to call an engagement. If someone came across and got you a ring with the promise that you know you are the only one and that you know eventually down the line when things are right, they want to marry you, but they are just giving you this as a symbol of say, hey, you know i'm you know honestly, you are it, that's it. This is where you know our relationship is going, and it will get to a wedding, but this is a promise that you will get the next ring." wouldn't that mean something rather than nothing at all and to be strung along and maybe wait a year and a half, almost two years, until you see the engagement ring? Because I actually had a friend once who was seeing someone for a couple of years, and uh, she did not know that he was working on an engagement ring. And she came to me maybe like a few weeks before upset over the fact that they had been dating for so long, she hadn't gotten an engagement ring, and that particular weekend, she pretty much threw it out there and kind of let him have it, thus spoiling the whole thing. And then that was when he had to tell her, well, because she kind of gave me the ultimatum. She, could, she pretty much, like said, you know, she pretty much put the pressure on that he either had to do something or crap or get off the pot. And it kind of ruined the whole thing because he was working on that. And she was so insecure at the thought of where the relationship was going, it ruined the moment. And... Wouldn't you rather get that in knowing that it's kind of almost like a starter ring until, you know, we know that this is where it's going to head, that there is a promise of matrimony, you know, even if it is early. Now, I can understand if it came like three years into a relationship and you got a promise ring. I can understand that. I can understand you discussed. But if it was something where it was that the relationship wasn't at that point yet of where it was headed that way or there was no comfortability to being that way, wouldn't that mean something
0: I'm sorry, I'm so stuck on the whole you have no... I'm sorry. Um, (laughs) Girl, if you are that insecure, a promise ring, I, I, I just, I can't get over it. Give me something else. Give me earrings. Give me a necklace. I don't need a promise ring. I don't need you to promise me anything. That's me, though. If you are that insecure in your relationship that you have to, like, throw the ultimatum out there, then there's something more than just that, you know what I'm saying, you're not a, there's so much more there than the engagement ring and as much as I'd love to try and be okay with the whole training wheels, um, let's test this out thing, at some point the training wheels do have to come off and you're going to have to stand on your own, you're going to have to balance the bike on your own and if you have to have the training wheels in order to get you to balance, when those come off you're going to have that Wobbly start and it's going to suck.
1: Well, now I'm going to throw another situation out there at you. If it is the girl that is not ready, and the guy goes through all of this problem, gets the ring, and then is turned down, <laughs> do you think he should have started back in a promise ring so that it wouldn't freak her out by the time he got to the actual wedding ring? Because they're happy, yeah, I, like that.
0: yeah. And the same token, the guy should know where they're where they're headed. It it really comes down to the communication between the partners. If your partner if your significant other, if your person that you are seeing right now is one of those people that need constant reminders of where you're headed, then by all means get the promise ring. I'm not saying it's it's so outdated that you can't do it at 30. If you are if you have really good communication with your partner, you're you're not going to need a promise ring because you're you have that communication, you have that foundation. You have that that something that sets you up for when that does happen. And then if you are, if you do have that foundation and that communication, if you still think that you're going to get that engagement ring, you should already know that the answer is going to be yes or not right now, but soon. Not a flat out hell no, you know. You should know where you stand. And And that goes for women and men. I'm not saying one gender over the other. That goes for both sides it really does come down to really talking about and really setting up that foundation i don't think you should have to have a promise ring is it a nice gesture yes but i'd rather have a nice pair of earrings i don't need you know i don't need to sit there and have somebody go oh you got a ring oh that's so nice yeah it's a promise ring Uh, Promise what? That I'm not going to cheat on you? Well, well, I shouldn't have to say that. Or that you're not going to cheat on me? Again, you shouldn't have to say that. If that trust is there, if that foundation is there, I wouldn't need to have that ring to say, look, he promised. You know? Instead, I'd like to be like, look at these earrings that he got me. Aren't they gorgeous? Look at this necklace. So pretty. I'd rather have that kind of thing than the promise that something is moving forward. I don't need to have that. If it's not moving forward, it's not moving forward. If it's moving forward <clears throat> excuse me, if it's moving forward, I don't need a promise ring to show me that it's moving forward.
1: Gotcha. I should have
0: that foundation with you to begin with. All right. I'm
1: glad that we got that cleared and out of the way and uh coming sure to is coming up next week we do have two great topics so far on the show next week Uh, an interesting study on when it comes to cheating are men or women more forgiving and also something that we're working on that Mary and I was talking about about safe topics to talk about with guys and women that's going to be a very interesting debate next week
0: (laughs) Um, yes
1: I blame my wonderful co-host for that and also
0: it's all my fault
1: yes (laughs) Coming up uh, in the next couple of days, we will be on Sunday with Upon Further Review, our NFL special. Monday begins a brand-new blocker program on Blog Talk Radio. And in coming weeks, please stay tuned to At News Comet BTR. We will have a few one lounges coming up, at least three or four this month. Uh, Sarah J will be returning back here soon. Uh, former porn star who left, left to get married. Things didn't work out. She came back in the industry. Uh, Kiki uh, Dare will be on uh, next week and then that will be on the 10th, 10 p.m. Central. And then on the 17th, Lacey Wild will be back 5.30 Central Standard Time. 60 seconds left to go. Uh, Do you have any shout-outs this week?
0: No shout-outs, but I I hope that uh, the accident-prone person that is in Dallas is uh, doing well, came out of surgery this morning, so I'm just waiting to hear some news, but there's there's... (laughs) hope. story that goes with that.
1: Um, but other than that, uh, no, not this week. Yes. Well, you do know what they say about those who are accident-prone. Make sure that you are not walking near any bananas. and <laughs> Or lightning rods. Or lightning rods. <laughs> and with that, the clock on the wall is telling us that our time is up. And uh, once again, congratulations. All time, I feel now that you're like, in first place now. That It's like nowhere to go but... Grr.
0: I get my little trophy.
1: Yeah. We'll we'll work on something. (laughs) uh, Everyone have a great and happy uh, holiday weekend. We will see you here next Friday for another edition of The Cutting Room Floor. Peace.